freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> All right, continuing on here, Brock Assault Sales Sports on 710. Mora has designed yet another fun game for us today, Brock. We've got our game show master uh, in the building as well. That's Charles, who's helping out. He's waving right now. You can't see him, unfortunately, because it's radio, not television. But uh, we'll, we'll see if at some point we can get Charles to jump onto the show as well. He is a game show savant, savant, fanatic, savant. expert, you name it, man. Winner? Huh? Winner? Yes. I will tell you that. I don't want to give away the whole story. Right, like at some right, point, right. Charles will have to tell you that story. But he is uh, he's our buddy and he's hanging out here uh, working on the board a little bit with Mora, et cetera. So uh, since he's here, Mora, perhaps you could introduce us to today's game show. Well, now I'm stressed out. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Yes. A lot of pressure on you. I feel like you're acting like I'm introducing a new one, but no, this, is our, old old, game this show. is our old favorite by Inspire Cell. Sorry, old game <laughs> show, new, but new version. <laughs> new questions. Okay. And by the way, some of these were hard. I was looking at them last. Uh, the night. hardest we've ever done. That's oh. kind of that's how it's, it's the hardest. Okay. It's the hardest in a year. Yeah, it was. We're it coming was... up on our year anniversary, and this is this is the hardest <laughs> buy hard. sell yet. Yeah, hard. Yeah. All right. First up, Boye Mafe doubles last year's sack total of three. This one is actually not that hard. This one is an easy buy. buy. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a buy. That's a B-U-E buy. Uh, how about the harder <laughs> Not a B-Y-E me, take a buy. Let me ask you a harder one. Let me let me throw it back to you. Boye Mafe triples. I almost put that and then I thought I'd total of three And gets to nine plus. Just because there haven't been many Seahawks to get nine or more the last few seasons. I think Chenna did. I don't know if I'm... I'm coming real close. I think I'm buying it on triple. I think Boye Mafe has a monster year. How about that? Seven and a half. Yeah, that's probably about right. Thank you. But, See what I just did there, Charles? That's called brilliance. That's called nailing the puzzle right there. That's doubling down right there. Double jeopardy. I got it. Seven and a half. Next. Jake Bobo makes the Seahawks active roster. Active? Meaning in a game or just like he makes the starting meaning 53? Meaning he's not on the practice squad. He's, he's on the, the starting he's on the, 53, uh, 53 yeah, man roster. Game day. Right. I'm going to buy this one as well. I think Jake, Jake Bobo's in based on what I've seen so far, based on what we've heard about him at, at training camp, Bro. based on what we heard from his coach, Chip Kelly, Bro. based on the fact that he's an ISL guy, which obviously makes him a genius. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying Jake Bobo's on this roster. Let's go. Yeah, I'm going to buy this as well. And if, if D. Eskridge and Derek Young are healthy, he's probably a practice squad guy. But, but the door has been kicked wide open. And D, as Pete said yesterday, has a significant sprain. So he's done this preseason. And he's done for the first six games of the regular season. And quite frankly, I'd be happy to be done with him forever. And I think they're trying to see if Derek Young's core calms down. But he seems to be heading for sports hernia surgery. So the door's wide open. Speaking of which. Look, hold on. Before you, you, no, no, before no, 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 no. Speak no. of which, let me give you one other reason Jake Bobo makes this team. What? Special teams. Yeah. I mean, like what he, the way he practices special teams, exactly what Chip Kelly told us, yep. and then what he did in the game. The one thing I will absolutely take from it, not his three catches for 55 yards and a touchdown, but the play made on special teams. Jake Bobo is going to make this roster. Did you hear the rumor? Is it, was this a rumor or is this true? Mora, Justin, do you guys see this over the week? Maybe even the next day, and I forgive me for who posted on Twitter, that he went into the Vikings locker room before the game. Did you see this story? Why? 
And I, he told see this. he told Booth, the corner that he played against for four years at Duke versus Clemson, and said he's going to basically bleep bleep him and own him. Really? Like, yes. Like it, and the Vikings players were like, "What is this dude coming into what? our locker room, walking through, and then talking the ultimate smack to the corner Booth?" Have you vetted this story? Yeah, I, I haven't. I saw this on Twitter. I, I wasn't sure either. If it's true, Brock said very specifically he has not vetted this story. He said, lace him up. It's going to be a long game. We got to get Jake Bobo on the show. I read it somewhere in the paper. I read it in the paper. paper In the locker room for sure. More Bobo. More Bobo. Dude, if that story is true, I have never heard of an undrafted rookie walking into the opponent's locker room before the first preseason game. That's a lot. Giving some dude the business. We're talking, uh, are we talking to the head coach tomorrow? We yes. think we're talking to Pete tomorrow. Uh, time TBD, probably 9.30. So uh, we, can we can certainly ask. ask Pete about that. <laughs> um, Charles, do you have any advice on, on how to keep game show contestants on track? Well, you got to uh, watch the show enough times and uh, get the uh, get the rules down and even try, try to come up with a great strategy in order to come out on top. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you, Charles. Okay. Appreciate it. Maura, you didn't like that Maybe story about focused. Bobo? I don't know if it's real. I think it'd be an amazing story if it was real. I mean, we should probably... Be- but we're, five, we're almost six minutes in. We've only done two questions. So maybe right. we need to keep going. Right. Rapid fire. Lightning uh, round. Russell Wilson gets benched at some point this season. Sold. She's an eight. She's a nine. She's a ten. I know. Um, I don't think they would do that. He may have a peck. He may have a hammy. He may have a core. He may have a shoulder. He may have something that's not right. But that, that I maybe isn't wouldn't be enough to keep him out and they use it as cover. Right. Yes. So, yes, you think he will get benched. I could see that happening. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Brock 100% on that. I'm buying it, but they'll probably mask it somehow just to not embarrass him. But, yeah. Or maybe Sean Payton does want to embarrass him. Maybe the next time Russell doesn't throw to the open guy and Sean Payton just loses his mind, he's like, screw it, I'm benching him. Here's the other thing going in Russell's favor, though. Jared Stidham did not look any better. No. He looked bad. terrible. He was real bad. Yeah. It's preseason. Didn't Geno Smith have a game where he looked awful against the Bears last year? Geno Smith had like three years worth of preseason. I mean, you can argue the same for Russell, but I'm just saying, who knows? With Stidham. All right. uh, Cal Raleigh finishes as the team leader in home runs. He has 20 currently. Julio has 19. I kind of don't want this to be true. Yeah, I don't want that to be true. I don't want to buy that. So, so. Julio goes nuts in the last two In the back row. Or a Eugenio, or I don't know, maybe Teo wants to hit a home run again. No, I doubt it. He seems to be done with that. <laughs> He's all set. He's more interested in flailing at pitchers in the kinda, other batters. Kind of like to see Teo hit another. No, he's had a couple good line drive singles, but he's here to hit home runs. I, Matt, and I'd like a Eugenio, and I'd like Julio. I'd like all three of those guys yeah. to pass by Cal. I'd love Cal to get to 25, 26. Sure like to see somebody on this team hit 30. And yeah. to get there, I'd like it they're going to have to... They're going to have to very much get going. Yeah, I'd like to see Julio hit 30. So I'm going to say sell as well. Sold in the back row. All right. Uh, The M sweep the Royals and take two of three from the Astros. That's a lot to ask. I got to tell you, I'm I'm going to sell that. Jeez, Mora. We were all pessimists. I'd like to see the Gosh, World that's Series. unrealistic. That's like solving a Wheel of Fortune puzzle that's with not just unrealistic. A, this team just won eight straight. And maybe a vowel. The Royals Come on. have you seen the Royals record? Royals have been playing better ball recently. They have a little to bit. To be honest maybe. with you, they've actually been playing pretty well. I'm gonna sell it, but I think that they can absolutely win what? Bowl Series. Yeah, win both Just series. win Bowl Series. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, that doesn't make that interesting of a buy or sell, okay? So get off my back. Rose are four and six in their last ten. <laughs> that great. Next, Brock Purdy is the week one starting quarterback for the Niners. Get off my back, Jack. Uh, I'm absolutely buying that Brock Purdy will be week one starter for the Niners because their other quarterback is Yeah, Trey Lance had a rough go of it. Trey Lance stinks. He can't throw. It's not Trey Lance. It's Sam Darnold. He also they're stinks. Gonna, they're going to audition Trey to try to trade him for any kind of value. Nobody's it's, buying it. I think it's going to be Sam Darnold. You think Sam Darnold's their starter on week one? I wow. think so. You think he beats out Brock Purdy? I think just... You're wrong. I mean, that, that was not a small elbow injury, brother. That was a reconstruction. That's a fine. big time deal. Seems fine. It's all good. Charles, is it okay to be mean to the contestants? How would you rate no, my professionalism? No. You think Pat Sajak ever said any customer and yeah. consumer and contestant Who's get the off my back, game show Jack? host? Well, I would say that... Uh, uh, based on observation, I would say uh, the meanest one uh, w- would be Ann Robinson of The Weakest Link. Oh, for oh. sure. <laughs> I didn't even think of her. The British lady. Oh, maybe we should do this more in that style. Yeah. Goodbye. Ann Mora Dooley Robinson. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Great Maureen job, Robinson. Great job. Huh? Maureen Robinson. I'm smelling a character. I'm I'm smelling a bit. Good job, Charles. Appreciate it. Thank you for adding to today's show. And we do have a little bit while, a little longer to go on the auction. We're still at 11,000. So would really like to see somebody uh, beat out $11,000 for everything Mm. that is in this package. It's a pretty Mm. incredible deal. Even at 11,000, that's a pretty good deal. We're talking about three nights, Ocean View Condo in Kihei, round trip airfare for two on Alaska Airlines, four level Seahawks Tickets for a mutually agreed upon game, seven hundred fifty dollars towards that rental car on the on the island, two fifty restaurant gift card, and a foursome uh, Chambers Bay for four. So uh, yeah, that's uh, we're talking about a significant significant auction item. All of those things together, right now, eleven thousand dollars is the high bid. If you can beat it, eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. Text the word bid plus uh, your amount to that number. All right. Uh, if by the way, if you can't give $11,000 or more and you just would like to give something to the effort, text the word Maui to that same number or you can go to uh, MyNorthwest.com slash Maui Strong to donate. Coming up next, we'll give you everything you need to know. It is Brock and Salk Sales Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, the Mariners had won eight in a row, and then that all kind of came crashing down Saturday and Sunday. Unfortunately, two tough ways to lose games, both of them in extra innings. First, Felix game for Felix Knight. They're shut out one nothing despite a nine-inning complete game performance. Shut out from George Kirby. He was magnificent, but Munoz gives up a run in the 10th. Mariners can't score. They lose one nothing. And then yesterday... What a crazy back-and-forth affair at the end of the game with Cedric Mullins making an unbelievable catch to Rob Ty France. And then Dominic Canzone tying it up in the next to bat. France, here's a swing and a high drive. Deep to right field by Canzone. Going, going. Goodbye, baseball. Off the top of the Hittadier Cafe. Dom Canzone ties it at 3-3 three to three here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Mullins wasn't going to catch that one. Dom Canzone with his second home run. Holy smokes. And he crushed it. Mariners three. The Orioles three. Everybody on their feet here at T-Mobile Park. 
I'll say this, not great in extra inning games, but my goodness gracious, that's four different times now. Unsung hero in like the ninth inning. Mike Ford off of that Felix Monster in Baltimore. Colton Wong in the ninth inning to give him a lead in Minnesota. A grand salami by Cade Marlowe just last weekend. And then I'll, uh, trans- full transparency, when uh, Canzone was up in the seventh, I'm like, come on, man, just have a moment. Like, just just have your have a big hit, man. Just someone was on base. Just come on, man. Just have that moment right here for you. It didn't happen in the seventh. It happened in the ninth with an absolute blast there. But unfortunately, man, this one run and these these this bugaboo in the extra innings, it's the last hump. They've cleared over a lot of other hurdles since July 1st. And they're pitching number one in all of baseball now in Team it's ERA. It's to see Canzone, though, be a part of it. I mean, look, it, you know. It hurts not having Paul Seawald at the end of a few of these games. And to see Canzone start kind of doing his thing was, I think, very important. You know, he's a really interesting young player, and um, I like a lot what I've seen. And certainly I didn't. I know you just see how the ball jumps off his bat in, in batting practice and stuff like that. There is big-time power, and we saw it play out in the game. Huge moment for him. Young player. Uh, just into the league, just getting traded in a big spot like that. So I'm sure that'll do a lot for his confidence going forward, and we need him. He needs to be a key guy, contributor uh, in our lineup, certainly against right-handed pitching. He's got that kind of ability. And he's young. I think he's only going to continue to get better and get more comfortable as he gets used to being a Mariner. So, again, happy for him. Hard for me to listen to analysis from Scott after the game because my last images were him losing his mind. <laughs> did you like him getting tossed? Did you like him giving that up the absolute did, business? But if he had been there and he had walked to the guy in the tenth inning, then you know maybe things would have been different. I don't think he would have. I'm sure that all that stuff would have been decided yes. ahead of time. But it just drove me nuts. I thought they had a couple different ways they could have won that game. Here's the second thing you need Should to know. Should also mention Mariners stay six and a half back in the division, one and a half back in the wild card where they have caught Toronto in the more important loss column. They're in Kansas City for four games starting tonight. King Felix weekend was awesome. Fit for a king for sure. It was great to see and uh, Rick Riz doing the honors. Long live the king, Felix Hernandez, a six-time all-star. A Cy Young Award winner and the only pitcher in Mariners history to throw a perfect game. Join me in welcoming the 11th and the newest member of the Mariners Hall of Fame. A great pitcher and a snappy dresser. Yeah, Felix Hernandez, the 11th player in the Mariner Hall of Fame. Justin was mentioning, uh, actually told a bunch of good Felix stories, but I like the fact that he came out to give the uh, turkey leg to the person in uh, King's Court. That's pretty great. And just sort of having fun judging contests and being around the people and just sort of that general bonding uh, between him and the fan base. Pretty cool to see. Do you think, I heard this asked quite a bit, I have my answer, but you think Felix is a Hall of Famer? Close, real close. It's hard. I, I, I think he's an NFL. Like if it's the NFL, hard. if it's the NFL, he's an NFL Hall of Famer. Right. I think it's much easier to get in the NFL Hall of Fame than it is MLB Hall of Fame. Yep. I, I, I don't think he's got the longevity for it, unfortunately. Yep. But you know, he's going to get stuck when people look at that era and say, "Well, you weren't Verlander. You weren't a couple of those other guys that just went longer and did it year after year after year." No playoff appearances, not entirely his fault, obviously. And some of those numbers are going to be lower than they should be because of the lack of offense. But great pitcher, close to being a borderline kind of a guy. But I don't I'd be surprised if he ended up in the Hall of Fame. Here's the third thing you need to know. 
Injury report all over the map for the Seahawks. Guys are coming and going. It looks like Devin Witherspoon is still a no-go, which means that the competition at cornerback behind him looks like this. Uh, Reed's going to stay on his side. He's going to stay on the right side, and, and, and we'll... Um, we'll give him work with the ones at times. But he won't have the same workload as the other guys. And, and uh, Mike and, and Trey just keep on battling. They're doing great. They really had a terrific camp, both guys. That because Tariq Woolen has returned and he's going to take over his cornerback spot, which means there's a big old battle for the other side of it. Meanwhile, a guy who was playing cornerback is now playing safety. Kobe Bryant maybe has made a good and as, as good an impression as anybody has on the coach. I thought Kobe played really well. Kobe, and if you remember the mock game, Kobe played really well also. He's uh, really getting comfortable playing back on, on the back end. Um, he's been a really physical, noticeably one of the best hitters out there. And so I, I'm really pleased to see that, you know, coming from the corner spot and, you know, in the nickel spot. That's uh, that's a good statement he's made. And so he's really serious about, you know, getting getting everything in order. I think one of the challenges with young guys offensively, defensively at this level, heck, the collegiate high school level, is you never want to overburden a young player because it will slow them down. You don't want them to have to be out there thinking and processing and what is my assignment and what am I doing because that typically will then physically slow them down. The fact that Kobe is flying, man, absolutely cutting it loose at safety shows you that he's got no processing challenge. You want to put him in nickel? You want to put him at safety? Free safety? He's fine. Like he, he knows this game. He sees this game, and I'm sure that those uh, peers of his and, and the coaches you heard from Pete more than respect him what he's doing right now. That is everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. Great stuff. And uh, it was a fun weekend. It's too bad the Mariners weren't able to take one of those two games. Yesterday was probably the one I felt mm-hmm. like they needed to win and should have won. Right. I mean, unfortunately, Mullins made a heck of a play. You just got to tip your cap on that. What an unbelievable catch he made. If he doesn't make it and France homers and then Canzone homers, the game's over. Instead, you're left to sort of second guess. And that's what it is. It's second guessing. And obviously, they've got Mm -hmm. more information than we do. But I really disagreed with not walking uh, first Rutschman in the ninth and Mm -hmm. then um, and then Mullins in the 10th. I felt like you get two opportunities to set up the double play with one out. And both times it ended up burning them. Yep, they're just not doing that. I'll say this too, man. Baltimore's good. Yeah, it's a good team. Smokes. They got some just filthy, filthy people out of their bullpen. They play good defense. They've got speed, right? They pitch well enough. Their pitching is not the Mariners' pitching. They probably got a little bit more depth. They're going to be a real conversation this offseason because they've got some young dudes. And if they had a Logan Gilbert or somebody in that vein, what would it do to that team? And do they have enough? I mean, Gunnar Gunnar Henderson is a pretty legitimate young shortstop. And Cedric Mullins, he's probably too old to make a deal like that now. Just you wouldn't have enough club control. But, I mean, they got some guys on that team. I'm blanking on the other kid's name that might be very interesting in a Mariner uniform, although you'd have to give up something you probably don't want to in order to get them. In fact, let's talk a little through uh, a little more of this weekend, Brock. We'll do it next. What did we learn about the Mariners and where do they go from here? It's next. I'm Brock and Salk. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. 
You know, we kind of stalled Brock at 11,000. Thought we might uh, continue on here. We got about 23 minutes left to bid. So if you're just trying to sneak in under the wire, mm. now would be the time to do it. The package is fantastic, and you can bid by texting the word bid plus your amount to 866-979-3776. Three nights Ocean View condo on Maui in the Kihei area next year in 2024. We don't need to be sending people there for a little while. But uh, next year and then round-trip airfare for two in Alaska. Four club-level Seahawks tickets, which just came in uh, about an hour or so ago, which is really nice of them to offer that for a mutually agreed-upon game this season. Brock, that's not all. Uh, no, no, that's not all. Your buddies uh, are throwing in what seven hundred fifty bucks for car rental. Carter yeah. Volkswagen throwing in seven fifty two fifty for groceries or a restaurant. So uh, a gift card there as well. And uh, what was the last one? Oh, that's that foursome of golf at Chambers Bay. Oh, that's right. No big that's deal. right. Where Salk will buy you the best chicken salad sandwich at the turn if you want him there. If, if you, you don't. Want me. No, he, he totally gets it, though. If hey. you don't want him to be a part of it, that's fine, too. I don't, I don't, I don't need to play. I'm mean, play there anyway. Right. I don't sure. need to. Uh-huh. But thanks to Zach and his crew over at Chambers Bay for, for helping out with that. It's just really nice to see how the moment you ask anyone to, to participate with something like this, just seeing people, yeah, absolutely. How can I help? What can I offer? And mm-hmm. we've had other suggestions from people over the course of the day today. I don't know what we can do with all of them. We had somebody offer free lawn care in Spokane. I mean, like some really, really nice things. Mm-hmm. People just want to help. And we we really appreciate that. If you can't afford $11,000 plus for a major package like this, obviously we understand. Text the word MAUI to 866-979-3776, and you can uh, get the link there to just donate some money to the relief fund, or you can go to MyNorthwest.com slash Maui Strong. Mariners, uh, by the way, just about 20 minutes left to go in that auction, so we'll be updating it a little bit more between now and then. Um, Mariners lose two yeah you got to give some grace right i mean they just won eight in a row i mean like they get a little they're not going to win every game here on out they're, they're just yeah it's just not going to happen they, just not they, they get a little grace right yes. how do you feel about them though coming out of the weekend oh they're right there man i mean baltimore is just another one of these teams that you you see at the at the top right they're certainly the bottom and now you get some of the bottom 16 of the next 19 games Right, starting with Kansas City, and you got Oakland, you got the White Sox, the Mets, you got some bad teams coming in. The teams at the top of this food chain, and you'll see Houston this weekend, and certainly the Baltimore is the best record in baseball in the American League. Uh, Texas and Houston and their bullpens are just nasty. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely filthy. And hitting becomes that more much more difficult. And I was not the only one sitting there Saturday night thinking, "Gosh, this is just a playoff environment." Even the bros, Justin's telling me. I mean, Justin went by the pen out there to see his bros. And even the bros, they weren't lingering around. They were watching baseball because every pitch, every at-bat mm-hmm. could be the at-bat that turned the game. Just like playoff baseball was with the Astros last year. Just like it was in Toronto when they won that series. Right? It was a big at-bat here, a big play there, a big moment there that you capitalize on. And, yeah, it was it was a playoff environment, and certainly uh, there was a loud group that you know I tweeted about George Kirby, looking like Felix, performing like Felix, and of course you know especially on Twitter it's like wow he was Felixed, told you they need another bat, you know, and and that crowd certainly rose up Saturday and Sunday because the hitting one for fifteen with runners in scoring position fell a little short, mm. but they are right there, man. 
They are built to yeah, compete they right are. there with the best yeah, in baseball. I, I think you see that when you watch them against Baltimore and kind of see what their pitching is able to do. Yeah, they've got better pitching than Baltimore. Baltimore's got a better lineup than they do. But you know, one thing I found myself looking at were just where the role players are at now compared to what they started with. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I come away, they're clearly more athletic. I know you've talked about this a bunch of times, Brock. You're absolutely right. They're more athletic now than they were. Yes. Right. I mean, when you're talking about Canzone and Rojas and some of the guys that you've Marlo. added, Marlo, y- y- your role players are just much more athletic than at the beginning of the year. I don't know if they're more talented. I don't know if they've, you know, certainly not done more. Well, in they the don't game have the track baseball. record, right? They don't have the resume that a Pollock and a Wong and those guys had coming into this year. But yeah, they've got a youthful exuberance. Uh, they've got a heck of a bat flip that Canzone had after that, after that home run. I know why Scott likes him. That cut you played and need to know. I know why Scott likes him because even though he's you know a, a young guy and his first time up, and it's not like he's Cade Marlowe hitting wise, right? He, he's struggled to find it, but he is not doubting himself at all. And he's just got this this athletic arrogance, this little chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And that home run stare down just really epitomized that yesterday. Well, man. and Marlowe has done some of that as well. He's been great. And so, you know, I just kind of think about their bench roles or, or these sort of platoon slash bench role player guys. And A, a little bit more athletic. B, very versatile. Dylan Moore, Haggerty, Marlowe, Kansas. Like, there's a lot of versatility there. And they're just, as you said, producing better. And I think I just sometimes when you just got to find those bench guys to just get hot at the right time. Right. And I think that's some of what Jerry was telling us last week, specifically about Marlowe and how he's done even better right now in the big leagues than he did when he was in the minors. In 21 and 22, he was the only minor leaguer across all organizations who stole 20, hit 20 bombs, and drove in 100 runs. So, is he wasn't an unknown to us and you know we added him to the 40 he had an oblique issue he came back and the one thing i was talking about this yesterday on a podcast the one thing that has been true of Cade in his time as a mariner is when he gets on a heater he takes it to a different level as he becomes the best player on earth for a period of time <laughs> it seems and and uh he started to heat up last month in tacoma and they were like, oh, yeah, let's get him up here in the big leagues now while he's on mm-hmm. one of those heaters. So, mm-hmm. you know, if he's hot and Canzone can get hot, I mean, like, that's kind of all you need is to get yeah. guys at the right. Sometimes timing is more important than ability. Yes. Mike Ford was on a heater, yep. right? 11 home runs, and now he's on a cooler. <laughs> and Tom Murphy was on an absolute heater there for, you know, a straight hit the ball harder in all of baseball for a month. I mean, it was just ridiculous. It was a beach ball. You know, and obviously that's going to, there's going to be peaks and valleys to that. But the fact that you have options, right? I think that's the thing that has struck me here, Salk, with, with the different movement and the trade moves and the departures of others and the emergence of Marlowe and, and you bring Haggerty back up is now you look down that bench and you've got different options that Scott Service has now that he did not have in June, right? He's, he's got different strings to pull and moves that he can make that have got to be appealing to him. But I will say this as well. I can't watch that weekend without thinking how unbelievably valuable J.P. Crawford is. Mm-hmm. And he's he's going to be he's just on the seven-day IL, retroactive, so he's going to be out a few more days. And let's all hope concussions are funny. They are. I've had two of them in my life. So some of them look totally innocuous, and you think, oh, he's going to be back tomorrow. There's, he's fine. Right, he just got days. He's going to be just fine. And some of them, I mean, who was the uh, – didn't Kyle Lewis have one for like the whole Months. season? Yeah. 
I mean, he just, ne- he never got right from that. So when you're talking about brain trauma and injury, and he certainly had symptoms that came about as he tried to fight through it that day and play through that game. So if this team is going to make, this team won't make the playoffs without JP. How about I'll just say that. This team over the next 40 plus games having to, because it's competition, it's not even about them. Toronto's good, man. And, and Tampa Bay, we'll see. I'm sure you saw the news with their shortstop. Yeah, and we don't know where that's going yet. But, yes, it uh, could no, potentially be very ugly for Wanda Franco. Houston's good. I know you're still thinking Texas is going to slow down at some point. Texas is still not yeah, necessarily I know. slow down. Won yet another series. of won every series since the break. So, And there's a bunch to climb there. You, you're going to need J.P., through August and through Absolutely. September. Yeah, and and, everything and, he's brought. And the other guy that you're missing a little bit is Paul Seawald. I mean, there's no doubt that that would have been helpful as your bullpen gives up two of those games. I mean, yeah, that's that's an issue. You got a 253 who points out and says uh, Pollock and Wong signings cost us Seawald. I think there's a way you can look at it that way. Um, you probably needed a outfielder and you needed a second baseman because those signings didn't go well. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Pollock and Wong were older players with, you know, a couple of months left of team control. And you went out and got yourself a young outfielder who can also play first base, who's got, what, six years essentially of club control, and then yep. another second baseman who's got two or three. So, yeah, I, you're absolutely right. You're, that's not. Was that Seawald? Did Seawald text that in? Was that his number? That was Paul. Yeah, that you was see Paul, Paul right? was out there tweeting about George Kirby and stuff this week. I mean, <laughs> yeah, just poor cool, Paul. Man. You know, he misses it here. As soon as he got to Arizona, that team just completely went in the tank. Just kind yeah. of a disaster. But um, look, yeah, you can look at it that way. I also yeah. think that overall, they traded from strength in order to help their weakness. And yeah, I'm. I'm rooting for Canzone like a little bit extra just to try to show that well, that's going to work out. Yeah, and you got to root for Mooney as well. I mean, this, this is a big step for him. It, it is different. It is different. I know they look at their uh, different, what, what do they call them, their tunnels or their different pockets that, you know, that. so it's not just, hey, you're going to pitch the ninth inning. Pockets. You yeah, know, those are pockets. You're going to hit. Yep, you can hit your pocket, maybe in the seventh, maybe in the eighth, but there still is something with 45,000 people in the building with expectations now with a true, genuine playoff push that you were in that and right there in that third wild card spot. It is different. Mm-hmm. And, and Mooney strikes me as this Munio strikes me as one that has a very low heart rate. Nothing seems to particularly, certainly from his face and his body language, but it's, you've got to go out and do it. I mean, you got to go take that ball and you got to go shove it and you've got to do it and you've got to build on those experiences. And I don't know, is that going to be maybe Topa? Is that going to be a little bit of brass? Are we going to see a little Sacedo? I think it's going to be by committee. They're not going to put it all on him. But it's time for him and Brash in particular with their stuff. Brash has kind step of done up it. Like, I, mean, I don't know what else you could ask for Brash since uh, the Seawall trade. I don't think he's given up a run since then. Nope. So, I mean, Brash has really elevated. Yep. Unfortunately, Munoz has had two or three outings now where he's not been perfect. And unfortunately, the margin for error when you pitch at that stage in the game is really low. It's almost yes. zero. And, yes. uh, and, and he's not quite had that. But gosh, man. The starting pitching is just ridiculous. It's it like unreal. just night after night after night, this lineup or this rotation gives you no breaks. I yep. mean, we just saw probably, and maybe it wasn't the single best outing of Gilbert's career, although it was real close what we saw last week. But back to back, Gilbert and Kirby together, and like back to back starts. I know there's one game in between, but they're mm-hmm. they're two starts together. I don't know they've yeah. ever had two starts together better than that. 
And Castillo Friday night was awesome I mean, as well. Six Dirty. innings and one run, just filthy. And then Kirby comes back, and you see the skippers' comments from Baltimore after that game. Like yeah. that was that was the best pitch game of anybody we have seen this year. I mean, he took that stage. That's what I was kind of anxious and fun to see. And you know, he had playoff experience last year. He had to do it. Remember, he pitched a leveraged what ninth inning in, in, in for Toronto the, for the close. So yeah. yeah, so he had to go out there and do it. And that uh, has he been. I don't know. This is tough to say. And every time I say that, I'm like, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Just don't be a pre- biased of the total moment. Mm-hmm. But, as far, but as far as someone that came in as a command, you know, n- low 90s, good stuff, but never ace stuff. I mean, that was that was a scouting report when he was a first-round pick. Yeah. I don't misremember that. No. I remember that very clearly. This guy is elite, elite command. and But does he have elite stuff? No. And he's come in here the last two, three, four years and built. And I, I think I texted you a picture the other night. He had a hundred, at oh, least, yeah. you know, with the, with the gun in the stadium Saturday night. And the amount of emotion that he plays with. Well, and he's, I mean, he's just, yeah, adding eight miles an hour to his fastball has been pretty helpful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, like, that's just a big deal. Like, and the movement and the splitter. Game changer. Right? I mean, every time you see the little grip, every time now he grips it like a splitter and yep. then adjusts it in the glove. And, I mean, it just is, gosh. Yeah, it's pretty fun yeah. right now. It's fun watching them roll these guys out game after game and seeing the offense do enough. Remember, they did outscore Baltimore. Over the course of time, right, that will pay off. If you are scoring more runs than you're giving up, it will generally start to pay off. And and obviously, we saw that over the course of the last month and a half. Speaking of velocity. Hold on, before you move on from Felix yeah. for a minute, or from uh, pitching for a minute, I was talking to my dad about this yesterday. We asked, called and talking about how the Felix weekend go, whatever. And he was like, you remember? For a while, that was kind of the only thing that we had yes. to look forward to as a Mariners fan. Mm, yes. And it was every fifth day. It was like, all right, Felix Day. Cool. Exciting. Now it's every day. I know. Every yeah. single I'm looking forward picture. to watching whoever's starting tonight. Exactly. Like, yeah, all right. Who's that going to be? Let's is it Logan off. or Emerson tonight? Who is it? Uh, it's Emerson tonight, right? Is it Emerson tonight? Yeah. I think it's Emerson yeah. and then Logan. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know that Felix had to be watching that. It, 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 both, as I said earlier, with a little chuckle on his face, like, of course, <laughs> you know, if I'm going to be here, Star's going to go nine and just be absolutely filthy and not get any run support. But on top of it, he had to watch it and go, wow. No, you know what? It's Logan tonight. Logan, then Emerson. Sorry yeah, website that. has yep. Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Logan tonight, then Emerson. Yeah. You know that he's got to look at this crew. And there was a time, to your point, Justin, and to your dad's point, and Salk has said this numerous times about the Jason Vargases and the Marco Gonzalez's and, hey, what do you learn from Felix? Nothing, because I can't do anything like Felix. Well, this rotation, what, what could George Kirby and Logan Gilbert and Luis Castillo and even Bryce Miller, like, yeah, man, I got that. Other. I got that pitch. I saw, you know, it's I funny. I pitch. saw them, Brock, all together in the dugout the other night. I think it was Castillo, Kirby, and Gilbert all sitting together, and I was just like, man. That conversation, like we've heard about that wolf pack idea and how they work together and learn from each other and almost do like an after action report with each other to really help themselves improve. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is they're doing, it is very much working. Hey, can we give credit to somebody then? Like I, I, a name that we hardly ever, ever, ever mention. And you hear it mentioned because he occasionally he's got to run to the mound and, and correct a little stuff. I mean, is there a pitching coach? Is he one of the best in baseball? I mean, can we get, start to give that guy he some legitimate... He certainly having success. I know the whole organization. It's a, it's a development game. I know it is all of it. But, I mean, he's he is the pitching coach, right? Like the QB coach, like the coordinator. Like, he is the one that is putting together a lot of these plans with Cal and with his staff and with his rotation. Yep. And the number of young guys doing this, probably time that we give uh, that fellow a bunch of credit as well. 
Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say, on because we're not going to do rank today. We're going to talk a little bit more about this uh, situation. I know, no ranking today. We will thank our friends at Carter Volkswagen, but no ranking today. Didn't seem quite right with everything else that was going on. Uh, last point I wanted to just make on Velocity. Have you seen the clip floating around on you know Twitter, Instagram, whatever, on Nolan Ryan and how hard he threw? Mm. Have you seen that? No. So basically, the what what the argument, and I can't verify this, but the argument that it's making is that now when we the guns that are used to to give us um, velocity take the velocity right out of the pitcher's hand. So mm. at the hardest point that they're throwing. So when you see ninety eight flash. It's not crossing the plate at 98. It's oh, probably crossing the plate at 94 or something lasers. like that. Lasers. We're talking lasers. Right. But back when Nolan Ryan pitched, the yeah, only so- radar readings they had were of when the ball crossed the plate, and they were still at over 100 miles an hour. Interesting. And so there's a thought that Nolan Ryan, by today's standards, might have been throwing like 108 miles an hour or something totally ridiculous like that. I just, wow. I just found a video. Somebody had slowed down a video of Aroldis Chapman throwing 105. Right. And they synced it up with a Nolan Ryan pitch, and Nolan Ryan's ball gets to the glove before the 105 does. Right. And it's like he could be throwing a, yeah. He might have been throwing like a 107, 108 miles an hour. We didn't know it because we weren't measuring it that way. But by today's standards, how insane is that? And by the way, he was doing that at like age 46 for 12 innings a game. Yeah. Just throwing 260 innings a year. Yeah, throwing 150 to 200 pitches at an outing sometimes. Isn't that yeah. crazy? When you put By the way, Peter together. Graham Woodworth, I want to make sure that Pete gets his due. Yeah, He's Pete the Woodworth. pitching coach, and he is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. All right, we got just a couple minutes left uh, in today's show, and, and I want to see if we can just give one last pitch to see if we can bring in one more or two more bids on, uh, on this uh, auction to benefit the folks in Maui who have unfortunately just been devastated by these wildfires, or not wildfire, by the fire specifically in Lahaina, but other fires are throughout the islands as well. Um, we've had a lot of a lot of folks point stuff out, in, including the fact that you know Lahaina is the homes that were lost there are not the big vacation rental wealthy retirees, any of that. You're talking about people that have lived on the island forever. They're not expensive, fancy homes. They're people that don't make a ton of money, and unfortunately, the entire town is just essentially gone. I mean, it's just been decimated. There is almost nothing left in that area. And I I don't know what the death toll is as of today. It was around 100. I don't know the exact number. But talking to people on the island, there's a very strong belief that that number could double, triple, quadruple or more in the coming weeks as they uncover more and more bodies. And they've got the dogs out looking for them, et cetera. The scope of the tragedy is unimaginable right now, really, truly unimaginable and will be the most destructive and deadly fire in the United States in a century. I mean, this is like going back to like the great Chicago fires and what happened in uh, in uh, in in San Francisco, the great San Francisco fire. I mean, that's what you're talking about in terms of the level of destruction here. So we wanted to help uh, along with so many other people. And uh, our parent company, Bonneville, has already raised it's about one hundred and thirty six thousand dollars, I believe, through this campaign. And if you just would like to donate. 
you know, text the word Maui to 866-979-3776. We'll get you the link and the money goes directly to the people that need it. We put together this auction and we just have three more minutes if you want to bid. So get in under the gun right now. And it's a great package that includes Brock three nights stay at an oceanfront view condo in Kihei, which is a different part of the island. And obviously that's for next year. It's got round trip tickets thanks to Alaska. It's got a rental car thanks to our friends at Carter Volkswagen. It's got four Seahawks club seats thanks to the Seahawks for donating that. It's got a round of golf for four at Chambers Bay thanks to Zach and the crew at Chambers Bay for donating that. A $250 gift card for dinner on the island. We're talking about a a huge, huge package. Right now, $11,000 the high bid. In the next two minutes, text the word bid plus an amount to 866-979-3776 and just let's see if we can get this number to grow. 866-979-3776. That's the number. Should be embedded in your brain. Text bid there with what you can do. And what happens in these auctions, and G. Scott knows it, and John Curley in the building, Salk, it is the final minutes, mm-hmm. right? It's it's people that have been waiting on the side, right? Especially in silent auctions, and that's kind of what this is because we don't kind get of to a silent auction, guys out yeah. there. Yeah, so you kind of been moseying around. Maybe you block somebody out, like I've been known to do with some of these silent auctions. I'll throw my hips around. I'll wow. block somebody out use, from that little auction item I bid on. As a, as a Physicality, yeah. Mike. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and yeah, you got about two minutes here under under the gun to to if you can beat eleven thousand, yeah. and if you can. Thank you so, so very much. And if you much. want to Even see those details first, morning, including a link to the Airbnb, uh, you can uh, go to MyNorthwest.com slash Maui Strong or uh, just SeattleSports.com. You can find it there as well. So, again, thanks to all of those folks and everybody who's donated, everybody who donated an item and everybody who bid today. Really, really, really appreciate to all of everybody's efforts and, and financial commitments as well. Um, Pete Carroll is going to join us tomorrow at 930. Just confirmed that a few minutes ago. Ago. So, yes, we will talk to Pete and Passon tomorrow on the show. That should be uh, pretty exciting. Looking forward to that. A lot of questions for Pete. I got to hear more about this defense, right? And everything that they brought mm. to the table the other night. No, Mike, that's not it at all. Oh, that's not no, it. No, Mike, that's not it. That's all I want to get tomorrow. I'm going to spend 25 minutes trying to, to, try get to, get... to argue with me. Yeah, or me. No, no, Brock. No, that's not it. We ran bear. Come on, Brock. We've run the bear front for 10 years. Do your homework. No, well, that's Brock, not it at all. you might get the no, that's not it at all if you ask about that tweet because everyone's saying it was fake and oh, you yeah. fell for it. Oh, uh, it you was fake. You fell for the yeah. fake Bobo. That's all right. Happens. Happens to the best it of sound, us. It sounded good. I want to believe it. <laughs> yeah, I went back and looked. It looked like a fake account, but that's okay. Well, that's okay. These things happen. Never let facts get in the way of a good story from crying out loud. <laughs> All right, right. we're going to run. Uh, thanks to Max Unger for joining us today as well. He did a great job. It was fun to talk to him and catch up. You can find that on the podcast page, salesports.com, or wherever you get your podcast. Stick around for Bump and Stacy. They are coming up next. About 20 more seconds left to bid. 866-979-3776. Bid, bid, bid. See you guys tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Till then, the hay. Barn, barn, barn. See everybody. <laughs>